0: I spell a song so you can sing along with my special guest star two for two You like to sing and dance and this podcast by chance Explores musicals for you welcome back to another episode of life's but a song a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals i'm your host john and with me today is a very special and new guest on the pod he is uh, a co-host of the film rage podcast and is also in charge of the socials it's jim evans everyone hi jim hey, hey. how are you i'm doing well and you <laughs> i am fabulous as yeah. usual and jim um, picked Jim, I don't know if I ever told you this. This is one of my favorite movies (laughs) ever. It is also one of mine. So I'm glad that we're getting to talk about it. (laughs) And here we're talking about Tommy. Now, um, for those of you who might know the stage version known as The Who's Tommy, this is the film, the 1975 film Just Called Tommy. Like, uh, I was I was also confused. I was just like, wait, it's not called The Who's Tommy? I don't know uh, what? yeah uh, the screenplay is by ken russell and the who uh musical lyrics by pete townsend directed by ken russell and according to imdb a psychosomatically blind deaf and mute boy becomes a master pinball player and subsequently uh, the figurehead of a cult yes that's nailed that nailed it this movie is wild I love it have you ever seen the stage version though
1: me no I haven't uh I wish and I understand when it was first done that's I mean I'm a huge who fan like huge who fan of of that era the late 60s early 70s of all the bands that were that time like the Beatles and and the stones and the who was my band like they they spoke to me like no other band you, so
0: the british rock band you mean
1: yes the british
0: rock band the who yes <laughs> well because you mentioned three two other british rock bands so it's like yeah well, well as, 60s, as far as i'm
1: concerned there was no other rock bands in the 60s and 70s the doors were they british or are they american yeah. no they're american but okay. you know the doors the doors are different they're, they're kind of a later era of that. Like the doors sort of came after. Um, they, these guys were part of the original British invasion, right? So it true. Right. And so they kind of formed. After, like, there was Elvis. It's like, here's, here's the Bible of, of, uh, of rock, love of music. But there is Elvis, uh-huh. and he begot the Beatles, who begot the Rolling Stones, who begot the who. The who. So
0: yeah, uh, and, and were- I mean, I was reading about the album, which yep. is their fourth studio album. It came out in 1969, and it was like Pete Townsend was trying to find a new sound for them. Yeah, and I didn't realize this, but they coined the term rock opera. Yeah, uh, they were working on a project that was abandoned that was going to be like their first rock opera, but then. Um, few years later they ended he he ended up writing the music all the music for tommy the album um yeah. and it, the, it was a two disc album that had 24 songs and if you look on the track listings so two of them were dropped in future iterations of uh of the sh- what would become the show and other versions of it um like the london symphony orchestra version which i haven't heard of yet have you listened to that one
1: no i haven't i you know and it's funny because i do like i do like orchestral music put to rock music like i've seen quite a few bands over the years that have toured with orchestras and it's like it's like one of my favorite things is to see like bands who do it well and this this is one that
0: i could see it done really well Well, I've got some trivia to drop for you, because in 1971, Seattle Opera produced like the first fully staged production of Tommy, starring Bette Midler as the Acid Queen and Mrs. Walker. What? No way. That, I mean, Wikipedia, so grain of salt to everyone. I say it every time, but still. (laughs) Uh, But then the London Symphony Orchestra one happened between 1972 and 1973, where they would tour it uh they had an all-star cast uh and i believe ringo star was uncle ernie no way seriously yep yeah and then uh originally i can't find his name right now um but uh jack Nicholson um, oh yeah re- his character he replaced somebody who was going to be that and according to imdb trivia um Jack Nicholson like recorded, uh, uh, recorded his his song, and filmed everything in the course of eighteen hours. So,
1: interesting. I mean,
0: yeah, I. This movie is this movie and this album and the history of this is just so fascinating that I don't think I could do just an effort to do a deep dive of it.
1: Um, oh. So,
0: yeah. So, like, what drugs do you think Ken Russell was on while filming this? Well, have
1: okay. So here's a question for you because you're obviously the music guy, but I'm a film guy. Yeah. So
0: have you ever seen any other Ken Russell movies? Not to my knowledge. I looked him up and I saw that um, he did another movie with Roger Daltrey uh and Paul wait is his name Paul Nicholas I want to I want to make sure I have the right cuz the guy who played uh uh cousin Kevin yep was in another yeah Paul Nicholas they were in a movie together called Lizetta Media I believe it's Liz- called
1: lizdomania
0: lizdomania yes yep. where they where they play composers in like a fictionalized historically historical fictionized and i just saw i literally saw that while we're looking up information on this and i was like that seems incredible because one of the taglines is that it out tommy's tommy so (laughs) it's pretty fucked up
1: yeah like ken russell is known for like he he's he's been my favorite director for i don't know it's and 30 it, 40 years like it, he's it, just it looks he's like he's mind-blowingly done yes. a lot of musical movies or musical well, he, music is important i think in his films and i, I think all good directors the music is like got to be up in the top three things that they think about like when i when i hear see a movie and i see a shit ton of movies if i see a movie and the music or the sound is not is like canned i'm just like i already hate this movie like you're you you're coming from awful <laughs> and then you're going to like where I, if you haven't thought about the music and sound and and you haven't spent the money to put that right then your film's not gonna because music and and sound can change the whole feeling of a movie
0: yeah like and this is all music so. oh yeah.
1: Like, to me, this is, and, and I know you, this will be sacrilegious, so I hope to you, I'm assuming. I'm not a fan of musicals. That's fine. But I am a huge fan of operas. Like, if you're going to do something, if you're going to make a musical, do not waste my time with talking. Like, if you're going to do, do a musical, just do an opera. Like, just do it. You know oh. what I mean? Like, huge difference, right? You have a musical. I, I can't stand it where it's like, there's no reason why they're singing other than singing lyrics. And I, I, I don't know how many movies I've seen where it's like, they go, they go, oh, yeah, it's like, I am at a grocery store buying some bread. And I'm, I'm like, not, this is the worst song ever written. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, a
0: lot of people I've talked to you throughout my whole life who hate musicals, Cite the same thing that you're saying yeah whether it's like if it's it's an opera then that makes sense because
1: you're communicating the whole thing in music right right so it makes more sense it it it, you can't say okay now it's only i only sing when i'm trying to emote emotion well shouldn't every line of dialogue that you give have some form of emotion (laughs) like (laughs) i'm sorry it's like these are my thoughts well, I'm sorry, you should be displaying your thoughts every time you're acting. I am mad. I am happy. I am sad. I am crying. I am not crying. I am not buying a fucking loaf of bread and telling people about it because this is an emotional experience for me. Thank like, God. Well, you're taking shots at like this. So, oh, no. <laughs> well, and actually, a movie that I really liked last year was Tick, Tick, Boom. I love that movie. Yeah, that but, was... I I was not happy that the fact that they had to sing a song about eating a sandwich in a deli. Like, I'm sorry. That's like, I mean, come on. This is the same guy who did rent and this is, and then we're going to, we're going to see him, you know, eat a sandwich and sing about it. Come on. I mean,
0: not to really go delve deeper into that one, but like the history of Tick, Tick, Boom is. Yeah. um, More. It's more than what you're, what we no, see on I know. the screen.
1: Yeah. No, so. I, I know. I know all that. I did a lot of the research on it. But you still, if you're seeing the movie, that's that's what you're seeing. Singing about eating a sandwich. So then,
0: would I mean, this is a rock opera, but like, would you mm. consider this just an opera then?
1: No, it's like I mean, it's a rock opera. It's okay. an, an opera is an opera, right? It's what style of music? I mean, traditional operas would be like. um Done I mean, in a classical musical sense, right? But you why couldn't you have a country and western opera? Or not that I would there's I hate country and western. Yeah, I'm sure there is. La I don't like del West <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't like country and Western music, but you know what I mean? Like an opera is an opera
0: is an opera. An opera to me is you are telling a story through song and music. And it's it's interesting though that you bring up opera so much because like the this movie begins and ends with like a very operatic, grandiose imagery of yeah them in the in the uh, silhouetted by the sun. So yeah, it's that is... opening and
1: closing. Yeah.
0: So with that in mind, though, th- like, is this movie trying to tell us that it, everything is cyclic?
1: Yeah, probably. Like, because... I, I mean, it's somewhat that way. I don't. I think Russell's one of those directors that. He he wants you to really think about his films, and what does it mean to you? Uh, Like Cronenberg, right? Like Cronenberg says, I never talk about what my films mean. I want you to interpret what they mean. My film, when I made it, means this to me, right? So if you have a director that says, well, this is exactly what I was trying to tell when I was trying to tell it, I'm like, okay, well, um, I don't believe anything you're saying, and you're stupid, but – um, but yeah, so, so I think Russell was that kind of director too he just liked some really fucked up weird shit like, if you go see um, his repertoire of movies, it, it's just I'm excited to look into his filmography, cause like oh, yeah that, you, you need to, you really it, need to
0: uh, like, I mean I already love this one but I don't know if that's because it's like a good package where like you have great music you have somewhat decent singers. Yeah, that's
1: most... I love how you said that, by the way. And then
0: somewhat <laughs> decent actors. Like, like, it's either they're a great actor, but they're a shit singer, or they're a great singer, but a shit actor.
1: Yeah, actually, that's, we'll, we'll probably bring that up a little bit later, because that's gonna be one of my things that I have to bring up with you in your segment. My later flat. yeah <laughs> your sharps and your flats so i have a few flats um do. okay but so i it, suggest i was just gonna say i suggest that you see if you're gonna see one film first of his see salome's last dance okay i'll look it up that yeah, it's a it's an absolute to me when i when i saw salome's last dance and i started with ken russell's seeing the devils which is also i just i just love his stuff but um i wa- i really want you to see salome's last dance first and then go back and watch the devils which is kind of like okay. the film that he's kind of known for is the devils because it was kind of like one of his first not this you know? one no well this one is his most um popular can... like he this okay. is the one that made him the most money that he allowed him to continue to do projects i think
0: Cause I'm sure you probably looked up the budget
1: and how much it made. It made a shit ton of money back
0: in the day. Surpri- I mean, I know it was a hit. Surprisingly, uh, yeah. well, not surprisingly, because like it's amazing. And plus, um, oh wow, it was a five million dollar budget. It and it grossed thirty four million dollars in the U S. Yeah, shit.
1: internationally, it was like something like close to seventy million, which back then was That's huge. That's a lot. Dollars. Yes. I mean back even then.
0: five million for the budget. I know. Well where you that Oh, what are you talking about? The sets the set designs. Oh that's designs, true. The set that's... designs
1: and I mean how building a mountain out of pinball machines, like how much does that fucking cost? Like the Iron Maiden? The, the Iron, Iron Maiden, Maiden <laughs> costume? Like the costumes alone like everything. There's there's so much detail in every single scene. It's like it's like um uh what's his name a Baz Luhrmann movie but only better oh sorry I mean, I mean it's like a Baz Luhrmann film but good <laughs> well I mean yeah
0: yeah but I mean, it's, it's so
1: spectacular it's what it's... it's I think of that when I think of Baz Luhrmann I think he's spec- he puts out spectacular but what he's sure. playing what he what you're watching to me is not always spectacular but you it's a spectacle and this is, like, Ken Russell, when he does, does this, this film is a spectacle, too. Like, it's just, it goes from one scene to the next scene of, you're like, your eyes, you, you're kind of, like you said, you're kind of like, oh, it's the morning, the sun, it's waking me up. And then you just slowly start to open your eyes, and then you're just like, this, the whole movie.
0: And then you're like drenched in ice cold water thrown in your face you're like (laughs) i don't
1: know what's happening but i love it and where am i going next like i mean (laughs) his uncles and cousins that do terrible things, (laughs) and i mean some terrible things and some of them are implied this was rated what i think pg but i'm thinking there's some content in here that's kind of implied that's
0: a little well yeah little but work. that's the thing though it's just implied i mean yes. Y- yes uh uncle ernie at the i i've seen this movie dozen a dozen of to- dozens of times already uh, at this point um but this last this recent viewing for this i noticed that at the end of uncle ernie's song he's reading a newspaper that's gay news I was just like, that is... You just finally saw that? <laughs> I find, like, I mean, I knew what he was doing. Like, we yes. all know what he's doing, because yeah. we listen yeah. to the song and everything. Um,
1: but, how, but how forward is that for 1970?
0: Well, 69 is the album, and that song is in the album. Yeah. So even then, that's saying a lot.
1: Well, and, and I've read in past Readings that this is a little bit of Pete Townsend's history, right? Like it's oh. a bit of a yeah. Like I've a, whether or not that's true, but I mean, I mean, he grew up in this era, right? Like his
0: yes. he is
1: he is Tommy kind of in that respect. His dad probably was in the war, and whether you know probably saw PTSD and blah 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 blah. Like how this was all developed. Like you think it could have been him and his somewhat his story.
0: Well, so out of the 32 songs that are in the movie, Pete Townsend didn't write all of them though. He, no, it's
1: true, true.
0: Uh, John. Entwistle. Entwistle, thank you. I was like, I'm really, I don't know if you've caught on this, but I'm really bad with names. Uh, but John Entwistle <laughs> wrote Cousin Kevin Fiddle About. Um, Keith Moon wrote Tommy's Holiday Camp at the end. And yeah. then Eyesight to the Blind, is written by Willie Sunny Boy Williamson. It's a it's a song that they covered, it seems like.
1: Yeah. Well again, most of those sixties um, rock bands from Britain, that's how they started. They all started with um, black
0: blues artists from the US. But like covering I, their stuff. I didn't realize I thought like this was all the who you know, not well, that that one song was not their property.
1: Did you, begin with. did you look at the original Tommy album, compare it? Which ones are on there which ones are not?
0: Yes. Um, so which ones the,
1: are not on it?
0: Are not on the original yeah, on, Tommy? Yeah, in the movie, yeah. Um, like TV studio at the end is not on there. Um, hold on, let me pull up the album so I can tell you.
1: So that's that's my question. Is, like, those those three in particular was the Sunny Boy
0: Williams one.
1: Like, so in the original Tommy?
0: Eyesight to the Blind is on there, known as the Hawker. Yeah. It was originally called The Hawker, and then I guess um when they remastered the album, they renamed it because mm-hmm. of the future prop the the properties after the album initially came out. They changed it. Um acid queen by the way listening to the who's version is very different because <laughs> you have the Who singing it and then you have tina turner singing turner it for the movie oh, yeah. and then cheryl freeman sings it in the cast recording from 1993 mm. and i don't know i mean tina is magical like you can't touch her yeah. but like it's so. And this was
1: pre her leaving Ike too, right? So that's kind of,
0: I believe so. Yeah,
1: and I, it is. It's like I think two or three years before she left Ike, and um, if you've seen like anything with the documentaries on her, like for her to do this would have been like taboo to Ike. Like she
0: must have had to sneak out of the house to do this. Well, yeah, I'm also a little confused about what happens in that scene. So obviously she's the acid queen which means that she gives him lsd acid yeah but like but
1: was she also a hooker right because it kind yeah looked, that's what i was gonna like, It's
0: kind of hooker vibe vibey too
1: yeah i don't know i guess it's it's one i guess that we could interpret which i i i i think it was just another way for them to try and heal tommy through sex and drugs and then obviously the rock and
0: roll. well well because with the visuals that we see during the guitar solo in acid queen is that she turns into the iron maiden and then he literally goes inside her. So is that supposed to be representative of it of sex? Yeah. Yeah. I, I I
1: interpreted it the same way. So if, if two people believe that, then that's for sure happened. (laughs)
0: Um, But yeah, I, the only one I really can see uh, Mother and son is another one that they wrote for the movie, which is the one where mm-hmm. they're on the yeah. rock and he yeah. throws her jewelry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's so stupid. I love it. And there's a third <laughs> one that uh, oh, champagne. Champagne uh, okay. is, uh, was written
1: well, which is like one of my favorite scenes. By the way, I just love that scene.
0: I mean, if if anything. Everyone needs to know this scene, oh, because it is yeah. like if you don't know the movie for shit, just watch Champagne because yeah, that kind of sums up the whole movie. Yes, yeah, and really? I read and I read on multiple postings on um, different trivia pages that she cut her hand during that. Uh, oh, I, had a, I, yeah, I would believe it. She cut her hand on the glass, um, had to be rushed to the hospital, and then came back the next day ready to go. Um, but I was watching it and I'm just like, Anne Margaret must be so miserable, like rolling around and chocolate and beans, beans. and soap. Like, what a British, what a British scene too, right? Like it's it's just like and that's everything is, about it. That's only in the movie. Like there yeah. um on the 93 cast album, there isn't there isn't the song champagne which i do want to let me i do want to talk about the show for a hot second uh so it premiered at la jolla playhouse in california in 1992 moved to broadway in 93 uh receiving 10 tony nominations and winning five which are best direction of a musical best choreography best scenic design best lighting design and best original score so pete townsend Hmm. got himself a a Tony. tony nice
1: I wonder if he, wonder if he. Well, he's not an egot because he didn't. He I mean he would have got a Grammy for sure. I'm sure that he, who must have got a Grammy at some point. I would have thought. Did this movie win any awards? I don't know. I don't think it, it did. was. There was the movie itself didn't. I know. um Anne Margaret won one, but it wasn't like. I think it was like a People's Choice Award or something like that.
0: Yeah, uh, she was nominated for Best Actress in a Leading Role um and it was nominated for best music yeah uh but it but she yes you were right she won the golden globe for best actress uh um, she, was, she was incredible on this like I'll, i mean for, to see her in bye bye birdie to then jump to this i mean i know there's time Pat, like it's been a, it was like a decade or something between both movies but like to go from something so saccharine sweet to then <laughs> and then she
1: did grumpy old men so come on right <laughs> it's it, i'm i well, love her in this movie she's yeah i can't even imagine this with anybody else to be quite honest with, no. Like, the casting in this was fantastic actually it's funny when you when you go to ann margaret's imdb page it's funny you should say that because when they say what you're known for it's yeah. kind of like I don't I don't think they choose that. I think that's just the popularity or maybe what they're most known for based on some kind of algorithm. But the first thing she's known for is Made in Paris, then Bye Bye Birdie, then Carnal Knowledge, and Grumpy Old Man. Tommy's
0: not even listed on that page. Are you serious? I'm serious. She had to roll around in chocolate and beans for probably like three to four days of filming. And cut her hand. And cut her goddamn hand. On a glass or a bean can. One of those things. (laughs) It's also interesting, though, that Oliver Reed, her, and uh, Roger Daltrey are like all the same age like there's like maybe like a four-year difference between a couple of them but like
1: (laughs) i know and they're he's but roger daltrey looks so young right
0: yeah sure yeah but like well so they don't really i mean they don't really say anything like when he loses his senses to then the massive time jump that happens between christmas and um is it christmas the last one? Yeah, Christmas and then Eyesight to the Blind. Like, that's a, That's probably what, like, a decade, maybe two. Yeah, probably a decade. Yeah.
1: But I just meant when you see him, like when you see Roger Daltrey and close-ups of his face, there's like not a wrinkle in his eyes.
0: True, and then they uh, they heavily make up and Margaret, you can tell. Yeah, like, but you also saw she had she had cross
1: crossreads going. That I yeah. think
0: is makeup, though. I don't. Because like she's had, she's only three years older than him.
1: Yeah, but that's what in I'm saying. Life. Maybe
0: Tommy's or Tommy, maybe Roger Jones,
1: just that more. I mean, although maybe True. he's had a bunch of. They boopies.
0: also seem to like gray her face, at, like with makeup. Yeah, it, it, they they like took the color out. I don't know what happened, or that may yeah. have just been like. Well, I think the there were certain shots
1: it. that it again. He's his color saturation, Ken Russell's color saturation in certain parts. It's always, in, I think, with intent of changing mindscape around what's happening in the scene itself. So I could see that right they, were, they had they did that to have an emotion about her in that scene because she goes through. I mean, every single person in this movie that it like the main cast, uh, Roger Daltrey and Margaret and Oliver Reed, all go through this this transformative journey right where even at the end where you hate you literally hate oliver reed for most of the movie and at the end mm-hmm. he's just like right by tommy's side doing everything like he doesn't seem like he's a he's so douchey you know
0: what i mean well like he's, he's still trying to turn a profit
1: he's, he's trying to turn a profit but it, it it's he's still there
0: like supporting tommy through it like because he's there really support, well, or is he just well, like this is the cash that i need to well, he, to
1: well he he i mean there was that because he was even with ann margaret and I, and tommy as well right but I, I got the impression that he had also gone through like his his abrasiveness as the film progressed to get to the end i didn't think he was as abrasive and ann margaret went all over the place in, in her role the her mom and i, I love how a lot of the characters in it, you know, helped to build that. And they just kept trying to fix him. And you think about it from a second dad scenario with Oliver Reed back in, in that time frame. he was not as terrible to Tommy as I think, I mean, he was, well, don't get me wrong, but I mean, he was still out trying to help him get fixed.
0: I don't, so, hmm, I don't think he, I, I agree with you. I, but, like, I think he's terrible in the way of his neglectfulness or like the flippantness, where he's just like, uh, especially in that montage of like Tommy's Sitters, mm. you know, where yeah. it's like, um, and yeah, Margaret.
1: That's, that's the, more neglect, but it's both of
0: them are
1: being neglectful.
0: But at least Anne Margaret's character, which, by the way, she has a first name did you know that (laughs) yeah no i'm looking at it it's nora it's nora (laughs) never said in the entire movie anyway nora keeps going uh to uh what's bert not bernie what's his actual name um oliver reed's character whose name frank Frank. Frank. she keeps going to frank being like i mean do you think it's, it's all right? right like like yeah. she's questioning everything at the least and, and he's like yeah sure whatever yeah yeah let's go we gotta yeah, go yeah, gotta spend, let's spend yeah let's let's go spend no,
1: some I, I mean okay so in most cases where there's relationship they're both at fault right like and, and it's true that that's what i'm saying is about at, that, at those scenes where you see he, they're both being neglectful I think some of the journey in the arcs that she takes, like with um, her eye-opening experience with Champagne, and you don't get to see Oliver Reed's character, Frank, do that same journey, but in my opinion, he softened. He did soften because he did, he was actually, when whenever they're showing him in the past, in the beginning of the movie, he was always had this snidely whiplash look on his face where he's kind of like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to straighten my mustache.
0: Twirling the mustache, yeah. Twirling yeah,
1: is yeah. my mustache. Yeah. Um but as the movie progressed, they did know that Tommy was their their way of 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 making money. But Tommy only became that once, like we said, he went through that journey of actually growing up and going and they started monopolizing on him. Otherwise, he I mean, Uncle Frank must have doled out a shit ton of money on counselors and all these different things to try and fix them
0: well yeah and and Margaret
1: wouldn't have had any money
0: well so and we kind of did talk about Jack Nicholson's character where we actually see him as the the really the only physician that they go to that we see as an audience yes yeah but it's like I, I'm I'm not sure how I feel about that scene because it's like obviously he's paying the doctor good money, but like, does Anne Margaret want to fuck him or oh, do, is oh, there a sexual relate? That's the, that's the, I mean, I would fuck Jack question. Nicholson in that who, scene too, but like, it's is it mutual? Is it a mutual thing or is it just like she's envisioning the what? The well, she fantasy- could be just
1: flirting with him too to get
0: what she needs from him too
1: right like he, how are they paying for this they don't ever talk about they don't ever say uncle uncle frank's job really was what he had like the camp but that is that it he owns a camp
0: but like i mean so he's not really an uncle right he's just i know but that's what they're calling him that
1: right because he's kind of well, that
0: father but that's he's more what stepfather. i mean. like he's there he's uncle quote-unquote by means of like this is your new dad instead yeah. of like this is your blood uncle
1: yes of course
0: yeah <laughs> so which cult would you like to be part of we got uh bernie's holiday camp which i'm calling it a cult don't don't change my mind okay. um the cult of Marilyn or tommy's cult
1: that's a good one mm. right yeah, I do like being by the beach, but I don't like to be in the sun,
0: so that would be out. Um, um, I would there was pick cult. There's a lot the cult- of good rock music in I Maryland. would pick the cult of Maryland because we got cool masks.
1: Yeah, the masks were cool. The music was cooler. Like, that whole church scene with Eric Clapton on guitar is just like, wow. Wick,
0: okay, like, so I, have you read why he's in the movie? No. Because Pete Townsend helped him kick his drug addiction so he really? did it as a favor yeah oh wow! i just thought uh, they were friends and and that well, they brought yes. a bunch
1: of people in that were their friends to do oh
0: that. definitely i mean i haven't re- on imdb i did read that um david bowie was the original choice for the acid queen and oh. also at some point they were gonna do use Tony tim hmm. oh god thank god it. Grain of salt with all of that, but I I'm so happy they went with Tina because oh. how can you not?
1: Well, the song couldn't have been called Acid King unless Bowie was in drag, I guess. So then it could have been Acid Queen. But...
0: Well, was this Ziggy Stardust era, or was this right before that? Uh, Ziggy Stardust would have been mid '70s, yeah, 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 yeah. It would have been so Zicky. it would have worked because he was yeah. androgynous at androgynous that time back then. Yeah, yeah. I. I also did read, though, that, so in Eyesight to the Blind, there's um, Eric Clapton, and then there's that other priest, the one that's, like, thrusting the, I want to call it the cross, but it's not really. It's the yeah. star with the Marilyn in there.
1: Yeah.
0: He, uh, his name is Arthur Brown, and uh, apparently yep. he writes a lot of soundtracks. Uh, He has a lot of credits for soundtrack writing, so power to him. He, I think, for me, he sold that song. (laughs) Like, as much as I love Eric Clapton singing it and everything, yeah, 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 it's when he comes in and he's just like cross (laughs) where they're feeding them pills and liquor. I
1: know. I thought, well, every single one of the cults, though, it's kind of like you know, they all had their pluses. There wasn't
0: really
1: an orgy cult. So, I that mean, that's been... probably what they do later. Yeah, well, we don't see Russell's not usually afraid to show orgy cults, so, um, true like, wait till you see, <laughs> oh, wait till you see Lara the White Worm. Oh, okay, that's okay. The movie you watch after Salome Us Dance and the Devils.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I, I have hope you're giving me so much homework.
1: I know. Well, I, I only you have so much be... time.
0: Yeah, if
1: yeah, but if you love Tommy, the reason Tommy is so good is because of Ken Russell. The music obviously is a big part of it. Thank you. But <laughs> this is not so fantasmagorical if you don't have Ken Russell. Like there's not a director nowadays if someone if someone tried to make this well, let's say if this was made in the nineties, it might have
0: been um It
1: would have been Nirvana, Someone right? like David Lynch or
0: uh, Oh, directors. Yeah, you know I'm it'd be thinking. hilarious. What if Steven Spielberg did this movie? Oh, no, <laughs> that'll be Hollywood. He did a musical already. Why not do Tommy? Yeah, no, no. Ah. It's, it's too Hollywood. It's or too Hollywood. or or Quentin Tarantino. It'll just be all oh, feet.
1: <laughs> Tarantino did this. Oh my god. Yeah, this only could have been done in the 70s by ken russell it's just so do you think though that it could be remade i i hate when people remake movies especially if it's a good movie to begin with so i really hope that nobody ever does
0: um but also you know
1: a lot of the stars align yeah it's like yeah
0: great cast great director great creative team great everything maybe the who make an appearance again uh maybe I, I i mean it could it could work but i i i kind of agree with you like this is this movie is perfection like <laughs> and well, i yeah. and i mean that in all sincerity because like yeah. it is a I, it is the craziest wildest movie um not that i've covered i've covered wilder ones but it is a it is a and that's but like that's why it's famous because it's insane yeah People,
1: people. well, in the 70s too, right? I mean, there was a lot of, well, there's
0: drugs always.
1: But it was more of a drug culture, I think, in the 70s, right? After the 60s.
0: Oh, you have, there's, there's some 80s movies that you could tell that the cocaine is, is there. All the but time. that's
1: what I mean. It's they're different drug eras. Like the 80s is coke. This right. 70s would have been
0: LSD. LSD. And, and the 60s yeah.
1: would have been weed. right Right. and then the 90s was like e i guess and then then crack is the 2000s i guess (laughs)
0: right (laughs) oh boy we're we're going down a path here um
1: (laughs) drug-induced haze path so i don't
0: know where to go this movie this movie though was great i love it like i want everyone to watch it um i kind of wish that so instead of the movie though i kind of hope that they um revive the show how's that
1: Mm, yeah oh yeah like put this out in um on stage
0: yeah Yeah. because they have, have i mean i know you probably don't listen to cast albums of musicals and everything but like I would I would recommend you listen to this one because like they changed some of the lyrics and I know that album more than I know like I've seen this movie, but like I've listened to that album on repeat mm. so many times. Yeah that like yeah, yeah. when the lyrics are different, I'm just like, oh, that's not what I'm used to. Yeah, what's and like they here? they justify different things. So like, um instead of it being 1951 they focus more on the mother's birthday so it's uh because i believe in the original album it's supposed to be world war one not world war two yeah it's world war one because it's 1921 instead of 1951 the song oh so instead of but like instead of giving it a time period they kind of play with the mother's age mm. um and so that it
1: can just not have to be specific to any year. Right. Right. Um which really ultimately when you think about that, the war it, like the because it was made in the seventies, the movie, it has an impact because when people saw it in the seventies, the war was still fresh in a lot of people's minds. A little bit too, yeah. Yeah. But going back to it now, like I wasn't alive in World War ii You weren't alive in World War ii so it doesn't have as big of an effect. So I get your point about when they took it to stage and said, "Well, if we want this this stage play to live on forever, right? Like just keep bringing it back every ten years, then then take the World War whatever out. Well, by by the time it comes out again, it'll be World War Three. And then, but you know, anyway, the to take the World War out and just keep it keep all these things happen that have nothing to do with the war,
0: right? i mean i th- I think though, based on like what I remember seeing of pictures of it, they did focus it, they did set it in the seventies, based on like costumes mm-hmm. and everything but like i mean I think though hist like because of Pinball Wizard and the whole pinballness of the show, um I think you can't really set it in a modern day because pinball isn't as Pinball's big. Pinball's come back, baby. It's but, like, like it, it's it's all about, like, a, um, a game console. Pick one. Like, anyone. Like, yeah but It's Nintendo, all about that now.
1: That and, deaf, dumb, and blonde
0: kid show
1: plays a mean... Nintendo Switch? Nintendo Switch. <laughs> show plays a mean Switch 4. Yeah, I dig it. I could totally dig it. Switch, or what's the... Show plays a mean PlayStation.
0: PlayStation. <laughs> <bah, bah>, <laughs> uh, Who is your favorite
1: cameo in this movie. Uh I think it had to have been Tina. Like I was just I just love her so much. Like I've been such a big fan of Tina Turner's for my my life, I guess I would say. Even when she was with Ike and Tina and loved I just thought she had stuff going on that like I'm a huge Aretha fan fan too. And but aretha wasn't in this movie no she was not but i'm thinking i don't think she would have put, like that's the difference right they're both this was they were both big at this time and no i, think, the,
0: I, I no. mean I, like, oh, like you said about Anne margaret it like,
1: was huge in the 70s
0: but like what you said about Anne margaret in this movie like you can't picture anyone else i can't picture anyone else but well, maybe well, know, david but, bowie but yeah, because like... well, now
1: that we know David Bowie was an option, absolutely. But I'm, what I'm saying is that these two uh, black female artists were icons in the '70s, and as much as Tina Turner could fit this mold, what so I'm saying is that Aretha Franklin would never have done this movie because right. she was probably making a gospel album. Like this, like this, like all of the things that were were tied to you know church and state in this she would have found offensive i'm I'm positive
0: right i i also love tina but i also love that ken russell's daughter is sally simpson so (laughs) she's in a few
1: things She's she's in a few things
0: she marries a guy that's like frankenstein's monster i that i don't that's one thing i i was like okay i mean the other stuff i can probably bullshit my way through why is the rocker that she marries Frankenstein's monster? Like, that's the one that I'm just like, what is this? This is, please answer this one question, Ken Russell. Well,
1: I I think, you know, it's it's Ken Russell and taking pop culture, right? Because Marilyn, the icon, right? The Church of Marilyn, Frankenstein, it makes sense, right? It's like the monster that is Hollywood in and and everything hollywood like that whole scene in the church is they've they've you've i iconized is that a word you've sure you've made it you've iconized hollywood and the stars that are in it inclusive of Frankenstein. i mean who i mean frankenstein was like one of the first big horror movies right
0: like who wouldn't want to marry frankenstein i would <laughs> frankenstein's monster frankenstein is yeah, the doctor
1: that's true you're right i
0: always get that well i like, I want to put it on monsters. record. Aren't they both monsters? Right, but people mislabel uh, Frankenstein's monster as Frankenstein.
1: That's true. But does he, he didn't have a name. Because Maybe he was just Frank. Oh. <laughs> um,
0: is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into Sharp and Flat? I had,
1: a, I had made, made a couple notes in here.
0: Okay. Um. Oh, Elton John. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, we kind of talked around him.
1: Yeah. But I mean, having him in this too, like, again, 70s, he was huge. Right? I For did, them to get him in there too.
0: I also read that, like, his cover of Pinball Wizard hit number one in the charts and is the only cover of a Who song that has done that. So. yeah of course right like he
1: he really did become the, the pinball wizard too right like he, i wonder he, whose
0: idea it was for the boots
1: I, but those boots i mean come on that's you you see um sarah brightman wearing outfits like that now <laughs> no but i mean like the the how tall they were like i know that's what i mean I, the last time i saw sarah brightman come through town she was she came out in this giant dress that she was giant steps and i was like yeah you stole that from ken russell didn't you bitch
0: but like i I wonder if that was the costume designer or if um elton john came in and he was like i'll do it if i only have giant Uh, boots if i can well that i think
1: well he was he was known for
0: wearing giant boots he was he was known for like the flashy costumes that we all But he also had those big heels like what
1: when did he he must have it came it's got to have come from him like they just incorporated they just again everything in this movie is like take take a concept and push it to the nth degree and that inclusive of elton john it's like let's take elton john and ken Russellize.? right it's like you like to wear uh six inch pumps to you elton how no. about Six, six stories. Top. How about six stories? <laughs> stories? And Elton's just like his eyes wet. I don't want those shoes. <laughs> I bet you he built a house out of those shoes. I wouldn't doubt it. I oh or earrings.
0: Those, earrings those those <sighs> that is iconic. Like this whole thing is iconic. You can't. I don't want them to remake it, but if they do, it better be like. The perfection like that i I...
1: <sighs> I don't want anybody to remake it like i it's one of my biggest complaints on my podcast is when you have it there's two two things number one if a movie is so good just remaster it and re-release it like they redid psycho psycho is a perfect movie why would anybody do that
0: that was a like just ride.
1: take Psycho, remaster it. Don't colorize it. Just remaster
0: it, and bam, put it out. Oh. I'm not gonna lie, that seemed like a good, like, college project.
1: Yeah, but you know, but like recreate I don't a scene. See that.
0: Right, I don't but like see that's it. that's what it was, though. It was like recreate a scene from Psycho. Yeah, but he, yeah, and... he recreated scene for scene. It
1: was it. It was a nightmare for me because I'm like, you've basically taken the best movie, one of the best horror movies ever made, and then you've redone it. There's no reason. It's I don't care if you think it's an homage. To me, it's an insult to them. And so there's so they they want to remake it because they want to bring it up to today's standard. Well, how did not do it? He did it scene for scene. He just made it in color. So go fuck yourself. Right. But and then the other one is let's take a movie that's terrible and redo it to make it good. And I'm like, no, don't. Why are you doing that? First off, if it's terrible, it needs to just die. Like, it doesn't need to be brought back to say, you know, this could have been a good movie if we would have done this, 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 and this. And it's like, no, it doesn't. Just, you know what? Go make a new movie and make it
0: good. The only way I can see something is, so like, okay, so the big trend on Broadway, I know you don't like musicals, but let me get on my soapbox for a hot second. I love soapbox. So the big trend in, in, on Broadway right now is to take movies that are not musicals and then turn them into musicals. I mean, that's been a trend for a while. Oh, yeah. um, so that's the only way, though, that I can see them remake a movie, is if it's mm-hmm. first not a musical, then it is, it's, it's mm-hmm. a successful stage show that they mm-hmm. then turn into a musical movie. Because then you're, you're kind of changing the genre of the original right and And hopefully it's not like psycho where it's a shot for shot remake yeah yeah and so
1: i see your i see your argument for sure it's kind of like it's like like it's transformed itself two ways it went from movie well in this case it's tommy that's an opera that became a musical (laughs) that becomes a music Well, was it also an opera when it went it must have been because they wouldn't have added so
0: it's an album turned into a movie Versions? I mean, well, I'm it still starts, a little unclear. It didn't go stage
1: before it went movie, did
0: it? It did. 1971, Seattle Opera.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And then the, the London Symphony Orchestra probably, was in 72 and 73. So Russell Ken Russell probably, probably saw, saw the one of those. And said I've got to do this as a movie. Um and then, and then it went actually movie. I think he was brought in for, because did that other one that Roger Daltrey did happened before? Uh,
1: Listomania?
0: Yeah. Um, I think it was after. Hold on. It's the same year. I mean, it came out the same year, allegedly, from what I see. Yeah,
1: it's listed after, though, on IMDb. So, Right, but who
0: knows when they filmed it. True, they might have just filmed it all at once. So, right. pro- I mean... it seems like they're all besties (laughs) so uh and then it was turned into a movie and then turned into a formal musical because i believe the original from what i gathered um and if anyone knows anything please write to me you'll we'll get to the socials in a bit but like um the 71 seattle opera production with Bette midler um I, I, I can't find anything about it, and it seems like it's an informal. Reach out to Bet; she'll tell you. All right,
1: Bet, you. I know
0: you listen, Bet Midler.
1: Yes, tell us everything. <laughs> but, so okay, so that's, that's like interesting. I,
0: what I, I like that arc. I I think the arc of it is cool. Because like, because for another example: Mean Girls. First, it was a book. Then it turned into a movie then yeah. turn into a stage production. And now I think they're turning that stage into musical a, into okay. another movie. Interesting.
1: I, I like the, well, I think the arc for Tommy based on that, but, it, but still then when it comes back to movie, it's just taking that, it's just modifying the original, like it's just going to be a bit of a changeover of that. Whereas I think if, if Tommy wasn't, Okay, so here we go. This is the way it should have happened. Okay, it was an album, right? Then the album went to stage, okay. or orchestra, either one. Maybe orchestra first, and then it went to stage, and like then the,
0: and then the actual yes.
1: musical, yeah, yeah, uh, the actual opera. Because it went, okay. if it's opera, then it could have went um, orchestra, but with An opera with maybe even an opera singer. Maybe even with Aretha Franklin doing the entire thing. Oh and then and then it goes to the movie, which then takes it back to the stage. The stage.
0: Where they revamped a lot of the lyrics.
1: Yes. And then from there it goes back into the cinemas. I'm still not happy.
0: But I I know what they are. If anything, I if they were to remake it. I hope it's with the score that is the 1993 stage version. That they and love. now I'm going to have to listen to that today to see if I agree with you. I mean, Acid Queen is still the same. <laughs> and in Pinball Wizard, they add more of like an, on- like there's more of an ensemble presence right. in the stage version than there is in the movie. Because um, really you only hear them every so often. But in the stage version, there's more mm. of like more group numbers. Right. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Which group um, is okay when you have cults to have group
0: numbers. I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need, you need <laughs> to represent the cults. That's right. Uh, all right. Let's get into sharp and flat, shall we? Sharp. sharp. Flat. So. In this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about them. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it or thought it can change, it's flat. And I have a feeling, Jim, you and I have the same flat. But why don't you flats. go do a few flats? Yeah. You know what? Usually I like to start positive, but yeah. let's get the flats over with because... Yeah, because want to
1: end on a happy
0: note. Yeah, let's end on a happy note. So my flat yeah. is Oliver Reed singing.
1: is also one of my flats
0: i knew it i knew it i did because like it is painful (laughs) oh he's he's completely awful completely awful i mean he's great at the acting
1: side oh he's brilliant his facial expressions i think oliver reed is brilliant as an actor brilliant
0: but like my god my, and I did read, though, that Pete Townsend was a little trepidatious about casting Jack Nicholson because he's like, no, Oliver Reed is terrible. Why are you, why? Why are you throwing two terribles? And he was also terrible.
1: I don't care what anybody says.
0: The, that Jack Go Nicholson, ahead. though, I think is better than Oliver Reed.
1: He's a little better, but he, here's my biggest complaint because I am also a musician. And I'm not saying I'm a great singer. I can do backup because I can harmonize, but um, and I used to sing lead in some, some bands I was in, not saying they were good, but uh, <laughs> what I'm saying is there, and this is my complaint. We live in a giant world of people. When you cast a movie, find a singer who can also act. Like I know Sting wasn't alive when this was made, or maybe he was only five, but, but or 10, maybe he was 15. But you know what I mean? Like there's there's actors or perhaps bowie he could have been he could have been him like find an find a singer who's also an actor or like ann margaret who's also a singer you know what i mean like so don't cast acting for the acting first and then go yeah can you sing and it's like well shouldn't that be part of the interview process no you can't sing you don't have this job
0: so in the london symphony orchestra version. Rod Stewart plays the local lad, which is then renamed the Pinball Wizard. Nice. So, like, maybe he could have done the Doctor. Yes. Or he he also could have done Oliver
1: Reed, although I don't
0: know. I don't think he was old enough.
1: Yeah, maybe not. Like I know Anne
0: Margaret, like isn't like probably was just right, but like they make up to her a little bit. Yeah, by a little bit I mean a lot. But like Oliver Reed. Looked the part, couldn't mm-hmm. sing it for shit, but looked the part.
1: Yeah, just don't have him sing. Just
0: don't. Uh, what else? What What were your other flats? Um, because like that was it for me. I really didn't. I really didn't find anything offensive in this movie. Because like I said, no. I love it.
1: Yeah, I mean the flats are not like. It's just a flat. It's not like I'm going into a rage, right. But, that I don't like kids in movies, so I didn't. I think what they <laughs> should
0: have done. Oh my God, we're the
1: same. <laughs> I, we I have we have an expression on our podcast called we, "All Kids Are Called Creepy Little fuckers. Uh-huh. So, or CLFs, is what we call them. Just <laughs> because we don't want to say "creepy little fucker," it takes too long a lot of times. But I kind of wish they wouldn't have put the little kid in it. I kind of wish they just had Roger treat in a little kid's outfit. <laughs> That
0: would have been way better. It just would have been way better because the kid was just gross, and that that was another. He wasn't sign. that bad. I've seen worse child oh, actors. Yeah,
1: absolutely, hundred percent. He was, but like, I mean, I could, get it. In this, as and far, this, far as this, just have one kid, and it was, <laughs> and it's him. It's it's Roger Daltrey at, you, in a little tiny boy school boy outfit.
0: Did you notice though that the kid has different eye color than Roger Daltrey? Yes
1: I also know that. That was another that was my next point in my flash. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like the Harry Potter thing where it's like you have your mother's eyes and they have two different eye colors. Like... Yeah, it's like what? what?
1: Or or, or they do in uh, uh, Adam's Family Dallas. You have your mother's eyes. Yes. I haven't put them back yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that, those were my main other than the I kind of wish they would have gone a little more over the top with Uncle Ernie. What? Uh, <laughs> well, How so? I think they, How they hinted so? at it so much about it, but they I think they could have Well, just because I've seen a lot of Ken Russell's stories. <laughs> and once, you, once you've seen Lair of the White Worm, you and I will have another conversation because I think he could have taken it a little further, but maybe, I mean, that's just me because I like I like things. I love in, the implied nature of it, but I also sometimes like them to go a little bit further to make you even more uncomfortable. Because they went through it so fast, it, it, it didn't give you a chance to be really despising him. It's just kind of like, wait a minute, is he really a pedophile? And then, right? right? But they didn't, it should have been a little bit more overt. Now, on the other one, on the cousin, it, Kevin. whatever his name was, cousin Kevin. Kevin. That one was was done. I think was good because he was basically just torturing him, right? Whereas in the other one, it was it was implied, but it should have been implied a little harder, I guess, is what I would say. And knowing Ken Russell, he doesn't hold back things. The other thing is is there was um, a lot of sexualization. Sexualize. Ken Russell does this a lot. Sexualizes women, but he also sexualizes men. So they 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 had like. Even in some of the scenes, not that it's a bad thing. That's a good thing, by the way. That's probably actually more equal opportunity in the sharks. But yeah, have it have it more equal opportunity. Uh, they they did kind of give you a little bit of
0: Roger Daltrey in his in his Tarzan outfit. True, but, and then like at the beginning, there were the women wearing underwear and gas masks with feathers that's on right. it. Yep,
1: that's a total Ken Russellism. He he does stuff like that.
0: That yeah. would that. That confused me. I was just like, what is this? Do you have any other flats, or do you want to go to Sharps? No, that was it. That was it. Okay, so for me, my Sharps, I wrote every choice Anne-Margaret makes. (laughs) I mean, my brain was just like, Anne-Margaret in this movie walked so that Winona Ryder and Stranger Things can run. Like, the fact that she's like always on on the edge and about to like break and that image burned into my brain of her singing what about the boy with all the sweat and the makeup running and everything
1: yeah. after the murder
0: Absolutely, after the yeah. murder i was yeah. just like yes and then the dancing before break the mirror or smash the mirror um so i know you hate the child actors but there's one girl that was I'm giving the sharpest of sharps to in Christmas. She's the one in the orange dress that is milking every moment on screen. And I was just like, you, child. I don't know who you are. I love you.
1: That's right. Why are you not in everything?
0: <laughs> um, the Marilyn Monroe cult, which is the one that I would join. Uh, I'm sharping them. Uh, obviously, Tina and her turning into the Iron Maiden. Amazing. Um, and then... <laughs> Champagne, the, the beans, chocolate detergent, the whole scene. Yeah. Uh, how about you? What are your oh, shots?
1: That, those were all, I had um, obviously Tina as the acid queen. Uh, uh, I had the, um, the boots from Pinball Wizard and Elton John in them. Oh, yes. Amazing. Uh, the Rex Beans promo spot was probably one of the, my favorite scenes of any movie that's ever been made. Which kind of rolls into the champagne scene, but I just think that the Rex beans promo spot it was just so well done.
0: Which is interesting because that's the—I think that's the only bit of the movie that is not on the soundtrack. Interesting, because like they just do champagne; they don't have the actual mm-hmm. commercial before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, kind of makes sense. Maybe Rex beans didn't pay. To, I
1: don't even know if Rex beans is a real thing. I don't think it's real. Yeah. No,
0: I, I did read though that it's supposed to be him. It was Ken Russell parodying a, a job or something he had doing commercials that he hated. So he was just now making fun yeah, of them yeah. with the beans and the detergent. Yeah. Can't, I can't recall about the chocolate, but.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The Rex beans to me was so good. It, it speaks to me yeah. about Britain. I've been there a few times and um, I can't believe how much they eat beans. It's just funny. English uh, Memphis, man. Every <laughs> time I was like, "Hey, drag like some paints at that." Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm good. I don't need paints. Uh, um, the elaborate sets that well, I call them Ken Russell sets, like just the eye-popping colorization of the sets. What to me was was it's just beautiful to watch. They're just. It's like you uh, you want to see this on a giant screen. That's it's it's one of those sales features. Like you got to see this movie and high
0: on something.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, at least something.
0: (laughs) One Uh, take take a drug. Name one. Anyone? I don't care. Just one. Put it on a put it on a big. Have you ever heard of the Pink Floyd laser light show? Yeah, yeah, side of the moon and everything. Just something like that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's well. That's it, except for the
1: minus the lasers. And minus my, the lasers instead of it yeah. being Pink Floyd, it's it's the Who. Uh, I, fat, I love the fact that it. My biggest, one of my biggest sharks is that it's an opera, not a musical, <laughs> which we talked about already. Um, okay, and,
0: so I I'm, I may need to defer to other people about that, but I believe technically this is a musical because. Yeah of the way that the music is composed
1: interesting but like to me we'll it's call an opera it we, because
0: we can... uh, and this is
1: my understanding and I could be wrong well I'm probably wrong but to me a musical has spe- spoken word and music and an opera just has music and 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 singing
0: Les Mis is considered a musical and it's all sung
1: so who 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 labeled it that
0: I, like I said, I
1: believe... Don't... Advertising, or is it... I what's
0: need, a, what's I need the difference? To... Look it, let's look it up. Let's look up what... All right, I'll look up what an opera is, if you'll look up what. I'm going to say what's the difference. Oh, you're
1: right. Both operas and musicals use librettos, uh-huh. i.e. Uh-huh. texts, as their basis. But in the case of opera, the singing tends to be continuous, where in musicals, much of the plot is unraveled through the spoke, spoken scenes around the individual songs, There can be often be bigger dancing numbers in musicals. and opera, the singing is split between arias. Uh,
0: uh, tips. So let's split the difference and just call this one an, a rock opera. Because that's you what it is. You want to
1: add the word rock in front of it, don't you? Well, I don't want... It's making you happy to say rock. It's okay. Still... Oh. Has the word opera I'm, still, I'm, I'm
0: still i'm i'm hesitant calling it an opera because i'm like you i've worked in everything. operas and i know what operas are but like i i don't want to consider tommy an opera outright maybe we'll put it to the public how's that we'll put it
1: yeah but if they're all if they're all wrong then what does it matter i'm just saying if you want to call it a rock opera i'm okay with that because it is a rock
0: it is a rock opera opera, and it's made
1: with rock music
0: which when i found out like like i said when i found out that pete townsend is the is the origin of the phrase rock opera that blew my mind because i thought it was like genre yeah um but i mean You know what? I'll concede. I'll call this an opera for you. Yeah. You just... (laughs) (laughs) You you, you invested me on my own podcast. How dare you? Yeah.
1: (laughs) So I I just want to give one correction. So I know I'm not a big fan of musicals, but if I like a musical, I love a musical.
0: So there is musicals
1: that I do love, absolutely love. But they're very few and far between.
0: But, like, you would rather go see an opera than go see a musical, is what you're saying. I would. Yes. Now, cool. Now, I prefer it to be in English,
1: too, but, like, you know, <laughs> it's like, you get what you get.
0: I got a few <laughs> operas I can recommend you off, off air when we're done nice. recording. Let's if you... do it. Yeah. Uh, are you done with your sharps, by the way? Or do you have any more? Yeah,
1: just a whole I mean,
0: Ken Russell is a sharp, always. Like I said, I, I don't I'm... want everybody... I'm so excited! Like I said, to go through his filmography now.
1: Yeah, there's a few that you have to sort of see. It's just, they're so iconic I mean, he he did Altered States too, right? Which is like it was another one of his probably his biggest films. But it it as much as it did commercially well too. It's fucked up. Like he he doesn't make movies that you don't come away from going. Okay, I'm a better and a weirder person for seeing this.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> uh, would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist? there's 32 of them
1: <laughs> uh well the the whole album itself i've listened to multiple times so i guess i would say the whole album but i mean pinball wizard both by by the who which i listened to and i used to battle who's this better
0: elton johns or the Who's? oh um, i yeah. mean elton johns is a great cover but i mean you can't beat the original I don't know. I like them both,
1: so and I had them both
0: in rotation for many years. So
1: those, those, they, they would definitely. I just there's this song. I forget what it is now. The one when they're in the the Maryland cult. I freaking love the music in that,
0: and it. I say to I the blind. Just,
1: yeah, it's so it's so good. No, well the whole because they 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 it's obviously him, but it's Eric Claptonized, right? Like the music and the grooviness to it.
0: It's just it's did you, so groovy did you notice at the end of that song they say marilyn like whisper marilyn yeah, yeah. i again just noticed it That is
1: how you can see a movie multiple times and then just pick up things and like wait a minute you well, probably yeah. noticed it the very first time but then you forgot it on the second time About a tenth time you remembered it, but then
0: you forgot that you'd remembered it,
1: and then you're like, "This is new again," but it's not. But or
0: uh, or there's like some little details here and there that you're just like, "I never noticed that." Thing, (laughs) thing. Um, I mean, I would listen to. I list. I do listen to this whole album. Um, but like Acid Queen is the one that I listen to more.
1: Mm. actually,
0: I start. I start with Eyesight to the Blind. And then I go, uh, it, so the musical is a different order than the movie. So that's why I'm, so I sighted the blind to Pinball Wizard, or no, to Champagne basically is the block that I like pay attention to while I'm listening mm-hmm. or like skip to. <laughs> um, Alexa,
1: yeah. Next song. Alexa, <laughs> next song. Alexa, next song. Alexa, next song.
0: Alexa, play Pinball Wizard by Elton John. <laughs> Jim, on that note, I don't have an Alexa. I'm poor. Uh, <laughs> uh, what do you have to plug or promote?
1: Uh, plug. Whew, that's a big question. I do like plugging things. So that's... um. But also, just to promote, then maybe I'll promote my podcast. So my podcast is called podcast my podcast is called film rage and we are a new release movie review podcast where we do have a few segments one of which is called feel the rage which we rage about what we've hated in film for that following week Uh, but mostly we're trying to get our viewpoints about new film into your ears and you can find us at Filmage YYC on all social medias you can find us at filmrageyyc.com which I highly suggest everybody go take a look at because I'm pretty happy with our our website it's pretty robust you can actually go to our reviews page and just type in a movie and see if we reviewed it and then it's got a link to the podcast that it has in it and our podcast notes are fabulous because my partner Bryce if you only want to hear a review you can just go to our notes and go oh it's on a 23 minutes and 13 seconds and you can go directly to it and just hear about that movie you guys are so advanced i don't have any of that i don't (laughs) know
0: if anyone actually reads what i write in the notes section
1: (laughs) i don't think anybody does but it's nice to know that you know we made the effort (laughs) right i like to
0: have fun with it (laughs) yeah exactly uh uh anything else
1: it's been a great pleasure to talk with you john uh, I hope I get to come on for a, another adventure in the future. I have a feeling
0: I want you to come on and do another Ken Russell. I don't know. Maybe we have to come on and do Listomania. Listomania. Yeah, I, I I was intrigued to do that one, but I don't want to set that one in stone right uh, just yet. Uh, however, if you, the listener, would like to answer some of the questions or um, ask some of your own questions that we've brought up. In this episode while talking about Tommy, you can email me at buttasongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at BuddhasongPod. I'm trying so hard to have this social media presence. Uh (laughs) tell us, tell us your thoughts on this wild ride. What drugs were you on when you first watched it? Uh and if you want to be part of next episode's conversation, we're gonna be talking about the best little whorehouse in Texas. We go all over the place. We do. <laughs> Jim, thank you so much. Maybe we can con your partner to come on another episode?
1: I'll try. He's not as much of a whore as I am, so...
0: Oh, damn it.
1: I know. Maybe we could trick him. He does like to be probed, though, so
0: there's an option. Okay. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for agreeing and picking one of the best topics I've ever had the pleasure of covering. Nice. Uh, And bye for now, everyone. Cheers. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.